Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is a best-selling author, giver of one-pound recipes, um, an expert in food, poverty and food banks. What, she's got two doctorates? Uh, yes, both on I should add, for anyone else <laughs> they're, they're there. They're there. 14 awards and she's on the national curriculum. It's Jack Monroe. Hi. Hi. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. It's busy at the moment, isn't it? Yes, it's mad at the moment. <laughs> I'm just sort of like catching my breath and sitting down for five minutes and it's nice. <laughs> well, we're just going to have a nice chat about, about being a parent. Oh, good. Yeah, this is the easy one, Jack. Good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> You're also from Essex, aren't you? Yes, I am, yeah. I, I actually grew up in Ingatestone and my dad lives uh, near Southend. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I know your neck of the woods quite well. Oh, good. It's, 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 all, it's all right round, round by me. Yeah. What was your um, childhood like? Busy. Uh, my parents were foster carers, so we, we had a permanent revolving door of children in various degrees of distress turning up in various times of the day or the night. So mm. it, was, um, it was chaotic, but, you know, but fun. Yeah. I've heard you talk about your long walks to school and how your dad used to get to work and everything like that. It just, it seems like it was hectic and you, and you didn't have a lot growing up. No, we didn't have very much growing up. It was like, I think it's difficult for children to um, sort of 
ascertain whereabouts their parents sit on a yeah. social scale sometimes. Um, my dad was a firefighter. My mum was a nurse until she was medically retired and then she was a foster carer. Um, and, you know, we... We didn't have an awful lot. We never went on holiday apart from seeing, you know, like a bronze caravan at a park resort somewhere or occasional weekend to stay with my nan over in Northern Ireland. Um, you know, but we had everything we needed. We had, like, food and clothes yeah. and shelter. And, you know, we just... It, the difference came when I ended up going to a grammar school. Um, I was the only child in about, like, five years from my primary school to get a place at this grammar school. Um, and... Um, the difference, I think, between me and my peers became quite sharp at, at that point because, yeah. you know, although my parents worked hard and provided for us, my friends were being dropped off in, like, lilac convertible Mercedes <laughs> in the morning and me and my brother were jumping out of the back of a white transit van with a fire brigade logo on the side, covered in hay and bits of straw and we'd been sitting on boxes in the back of it going, oh, right, yeah, can you just uh, drop us around the corner, actually? <laughs> but, you know, it's... It was fun and we never wanted for anything and but we you know, but we didn't have you know, a lot. Yeah. That's fine. But did you in terms of friendships and stuff growing up, did you feel like you were accepted and did you did you feel like you fit in or did you once you started secondary school feel those differences? Yeah, no, I didn't fit in. I didn't fit in the slightest. Everyone had like you know, designer clothes, and they went to like, they show off at school discos and stuff like that, and they they had allowances and ponies and 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 we didn't, so we didn't really have friends over and stuff like that. But that was fine because I had a house full of foster children, so we sort of had friends turn up and stay and stuff. So you know, it's it's not um I don't I don't have like bad memories of my no. childhood. It's, it just was what it was. I think for me, uh, and I th- from what I understand of you as well, for me, my childhood is, is my siblings. Like, mm. that it's us growing up, because I didn't fit in at school either. I was badly bullied. And, and for me, it's Mario and Georgie. Like, mm. they, they are my childhood. And us putting on mum's high heels and walking around the garden and, you know, doing the simple things is just mm. us playing. And I imagine it's kind of the same. You and your brother seem, from what I've, I've read, seem really close. Um, yeah, we've been, we had, we were very close growing up. Mm. And then becoming a mum yourself, mm-hmm. how how was it when you found out you were pregnant? <laughs> well, it was, um, it was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a lesbian. Um, <laughs> Talk us through this. I, listened, I was listening to a podcast where you talked about it and I was really chuckling along with you. Um, the way you were talking about it, it was um, just really endearing. And uh, so you got drunk at a party. Oh, I can't, I can't go into this again. <laughs> I can't go into this again. It's not fair on my son's father. But, um, but you know, basically we'd, we'd been friends for years and, you know, we'd, we'd we had a brief relationship and um uh, exceptionally brief relationship and um and <laughs> you had uh, fun. a few a few months later I took him down the pub and sat down and went um I'm pregnant and he was like okay well we'll you you do whatever you need to do and yeah. I'll support you and um and I was like well you know 
as a lesbian, it's quite hard to get pregnant <laughs> on your own. Um, so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with this and see, see where it goes, basically. And um, obviously it wasn't quite that flippant because yeah, nobody have, ever is that Well, how do you ever children. thought about having children and how no. sort of parent would be? No, no. <laughs> I'd grown up with a revolving door of troubled children in my house. I, yeah. I was like, I do not, I don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was not like when I found out I was pregnant, but I was, I was always quite adamant I was not having children. Yeah. I was absolutely not having the least maternal person in the world um, because I'd spent a lot of my childhood parenting difficult children yeah so I was just like no 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 not having kids having fun working my three jobs working in a, a shot girl at a nightclub prancing around in my underpants I didn't want to get fat <laughs> for Christ's sake but you know and, and then I found out I was pregnant and actually all of that blase flippant I never want babies it just melted away I wasn't going to have a baby was it instantly pretty instant yeah and all my friends and family were like, oh, my God, no, no, you, you never wanted this. You're being stubborn about it. Stop it now. D- don't do this just to be annoying. <laughs> so, I don't know, well, I'm, I'm doing it and I did it and I've done it and it's, it's worked out all right. How was it becoming a mum? Well, it just happens, doesn't it? It comes out, gets yeah. big arms, and it just you're a mum. <laughs> so, it's not... Because I, I think I've maintained this not very maternal streak. So yeah. I'm quite... Um, I just kind of get on with it it's like oh well there it is it needs food it needs its bum wiped it's you know needs some love here's some love and, and there you go it's not not difficult raising kids feed them love them make sure they don't stick stuff up their nose or down their throats and just let them run around it's not, it's not, sort of like having a dog that answers back yeah yeah pretty pretty much <laughs> but i do think there is something in that moment where you're first handed your baby and and life suddenly changes well mine was a bit complex because um i had a 31 hour labor not enjoyable um and then went was whisked for an emergency cesarean mm. um at which point my son was placed special straight in special care for two weeks so i didn't get that here's your baby yeah. moment i got here's a glass box with your baby in it and you can stick your hand in and pat him if you like so it was you know my my instant catapult into motherhood was um, a difficult one. Yeah. But we got through it and I took him home. He, he recovered and uh, and it was fine. But even then, that bond, like I, I've spoken to people that have that and then that the bond is, you know, they, they haven't been able to have that physical connection mm-hmm. or sometimes it catapults them even more into that, you know, instant love. And, uh, and I think that bond thing is something that there's so much um, emphasis put on it that mm-hmm. it actually becomes scary for some people. Yeah, yeah, it's always, you know, there's all this emphasis on you, you must intensely love this baby. And, mm. I'm like, and and I did, and I do. But it's also like, all right, back off, I also need to intensely feed him, <laughs> clothe him, look after him. You know, it's like, you know, love is very, very important, but it's not always enough. No. You know, you, you need to do the practical things as well. And I am quite practical as a parent. And yeah. that's You know, I'm not sure if that's ideal, but it's the way that I am. Um, I was raised by... A, family who were like you know fairly military and so that's that's how we do things you know make sure everything's clean tidy folded fed and you know and and they get told well done every now and then that's right (laughs) (laughs) but that's how I was raised so it's like that's how I am you make it sound so easy but I I know that the first two years weren't easy and that you moved around a lot that you you know financially things weren't you know at the best Mm -hmm. and that you really really struggled yeah we did, which is why I can be slightly flippant about it now. Yeah, because because that's that's not where we're at anymore. 
Um, but, but you're great because you talk about it and you know that there are other people in those situations now that don't have, that, that, that maybe feel like they're on their own, that they're the only ones, you know, going through it. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, when I started writing my um, website then turned into my first book, it was as a local politics website. I never mm. imagined or intended that it would become anything bigger than just me sitting in the local gallery of the like local council meetings writing up what was going on in development control committees. So yeah. it was like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't exciting, it wasn't best selling, it was it was just the local politics geek. But it was something that you really cared about. Yeah. And it developed from that into you know, a sort of a frustrated memoir of being a single mum on the dole. Mm. And then people started to read it and connect with it. And somewhere along the way, I started to put food and recipes into it because it was something that I enjoyed and was doing. And um, and it turned into a book. And the fact that it is still turning into books six years down the line yeah. is um, actually... I find it quite difficult to swallow that it's still something that people need in today's yeah. society, that it isn't just a blip in our welfare safety net or a blip in the way that we function as a nation. It is a problem that is getting progressively worse, yeah. um, you know, and not to get too political, but austerity politics are damaging families up and down the UK. And it's... You know, it's it makes me obviously it's my job now to write recipes and teach families to cook and 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 to basically try to lift as many people as possible out of food poverty in Britain mm. through my work. I'd really like to be doing something else in five years' time. Yeah. Because I I'm Although I'm grateful that I have a job, I really wish it wasn't this one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I wish I could write glossy recipe books that didn't have to take into account that some people only have a fiver to spend on their weekly shop. It's like, because it's, it's, it's sometimes like the emotive weight of what I do is a really big load to carry around. Um, but the letters I get from people in desperate situations or the thank you letters I get from people who've got themselves out of desperate situations, they pour in every single day. They're absolutely heartbreaking mm. to read, but it's the reason why I carry on doing what I do is because I can't just disappear into the sunset and write fancy recipes with my kombucha and matcha tea in them or whatever, all the fancy stuff is that everybody loves these days. Because <laughs> I'm like, can it be made from a tin? Can it be made on a single ring cooker? Yes, yes, great, right, I'm off. And it's like... Do you think, though, the fact that you get so many letters makes you flippant about where, like, the sort of the journey that you've been on? Because you're kind of, you are... You are in a different position now. And having those letters from people that are still in it, when we're talking about you, 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 you are, you, you're kind of glossing over a lot, of, a lot of it. I think that I have... I think that I'd spent a very long time very mentally ill as a result of um, my own experiences in mm. poverty. And I think that my flippancy, perhaps, about some of my own experiences now is a coping mechanism yeah. for 
I really don't want to have to sit and talk about it again. Of course I sit and talk about it. I, I give talks up and down the country. I do parliamentary inquiries. I've, I've required to give evidence on like food bank inquiries and everything all the time. Mm. And and that is... Um, it takes a lot out of me. It's exhausting and it's emotionally exhausting. So there's sometimes it's easier to just take a big gloss brush and go, yeah, well, I survived it, didn't I? So let's just talk about something else. Yeah. And, that is, and it's not because I, it's not because I'm flippant about it, but it's because I'm like I don't want to depress everyone every single time <laughs> I open my mouth. I don't want to be, because. But you're so, not, you're not though. I don't think you are depressing everyone. But I understand how it must get you emotionally. But I think you are opening the eyes of people who aren't in that situation that haven't been. And you're also there for people that are in it to kind of go, you're not on your own. You're not, And that's what this podcast is all about, really, yeah. is to saying to mums from different backgrounds, you're not on your own. There's always someone there that's been in a similar situation. And, um, and I think, you know, that's why it's so important to share. But that's not to say to you that you have to share. Do you know what no. I mean? It's hard, isn't it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss it is it's hard to strike a balance between always beating the drum and going to people this is crap loads of people are in really really awful situations um you need to help them and to just you know because uh, sorry me look, waving my hands around <laughs> i'm not used to having fancy equipment um but it, it is i find i do find it like i don't Genu- I don't generally find it difficult to strike a balance between the two because if I get if I get on one about a like about a campaign or if something winds me up, you, everyone knows. I just I'm just straight on there on Twitter, fourteen tweet long thread about the latest thing that's really annoyed me, and usually it's hunger or poverty or some kind of government hypocrisy around it. I think it was just yesterday the government announced they were um, doing a finally going to do an inquiry into. The, the potential correlation between austerity and food bank use. And I was like, but I've given evidence at 14 of these inquiries in the last six years. Mm. I've, we've, we've done this, but you've refused to accept any of the evidence that me, other, other Guardian journalists, other, other people have given. Mm. Um, and now, now you want to talk about it. It's like, and so, you know, I, d- I spend a lot of my time encouraging people to donate to food banks, highlighting the problem, and and it's you know and I can't even keep it out of my cookbooks. It's so you know one editor once upon a time, not not my current one who's lovely, <laughs> um, sat me down once and said, um, 
you need to get to a point where you need to separate your food from politics because you'll stop selling cookbooks. Oh. And I was like, no, my food is political. My politics are food related. Yeah. The two are completely intertwined and absolutely not. I, yeah. I can't. I couldn't. I don't, I don't really care about food unless it's got a political angle. I don't, you know, I'm not, not going to sit there and go, ooh, this curry was nice. I'm going to see if I can replicate it. I'm like, it's not, you know, I'm not... I don't go out and Instagram fancy pictures of my dinner and whatever because I really don't care. Mm. What I care about is that everybody has access to cooking equipment, basic food, decent food, food that's enjoyable because we shouldn't all be like, you know, the whole Isabel Oakeshott thing saying, oh, well, a pound can buy you a bag of porridge and then you can a family can eat that all week. And we'll come back when you've eaten porridge and just porridge for an entire week and tell me how easy that is because as someone who has eaten porridge for an entire week mm. I tell you day one you're like oh, I've got loads of energy these oats are great for me how healthy do I feel day two you're like okay this is getting a little tedious now but it's at least I've got food day three I'll just have one bowl of porridge I'm a bit bored of it day four five and six you don't eat anything so you can't face another bowl of porridge mm. day seven you shoplift a sandwich from Mark Spencer's it's the you know that's that's the reality yeah and and so I can't separate the politics from my recipe books because they are born of austerity. Mm. They are literally the need for them has been created by government austerity policies. And for as long as there continues to be a need for my work, I'm going to carry on talking about why there's a need for it. I can't just say to people, here's a bunch of cheap recipes. Sorry about your shit life. I'm, that's not it's saying here's how to feed yourself for the week. Now let's examine the underpinning reasons why you find yourself in this situation in the first place. Because as soon as I do one and not the other, I become complicit in yeah in you know in allowing it in institutionalising it in in saying oh well actually you know well austerity is a bit rubbish, but at least I got a job out of it. It's like no, I can't, I can't, I can't get to that point. I'll never get to that point because of all the hundreds and thousands of letters sitting in my inbox. Do you think of the young mum, you know, who 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 wasn't able to put food on the table? Do you think of her when you're creating these recipes? Yeah, I've got a group of friends, actually, that are um, single mums on benefits mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that for various reasons um, aren't very confident cooks or don't have a lot of cooking equipment, etc. And I run a lot of my recipes through them. So I'll be like, here's a bunch of ingredients, here's like some recipes I'm thinking of working on. Can you cook them? Um, give me really honest feedback on mm-hmm. them. Tell me if your kids ate them and um, and let me know like where the sticking points were. Because obviously, you know, I'm a professional food writer now. My kitchen is the size of like like a kitchen you'd get on a very small boat. It's like this little <laughs> narrow little galley kitchen. Um, and it's, uh, it's challenging. Um, but, but, you know, I do have all the equipment that I need and, uh, you know, a range of skills and mm-hmm. a chest freezer. So I've now put my recipes out to people who are not in the situation that I was in those times ago because I'd never let any of my friends get in that situation yeah. anymore. I'd be like, you, you need you need help. I'm helping you. Um, but if, you know, uh, but people who do face their own 
difficulties around cooking. And through that, I've taught a lot of my friends to cook, but like subversively, like, mm. oh, you're giving me a hand with my book. And I'll just <laughs> give you some ingredients with it. And then, and then a lot of my friends have through that become like confident, creative cooks. They get to a point where they're like, oh, you're not testing recipes on me anymore. I'm like, nope, because you're now you're too good. <laughs> um, so now I need to find some other hapless fuck to, <laughs> to sort of... My but you say, me, really. you say about not letting your friends get into the position that you were in. Did, pe- did people not know what what situation you were in? No, not all. No, I hid it from everyone because, like, you know, you get to a point where you don't, want people to come around your house because you've turned all your radiators off and you've unscrewed all your light bulbs and it's cold and it's damp and you haven't got a biscuit to offer them and you can't put the kettle on. No, I didn't have anyone round. I just, I would go to other people's houses and eat like every biscuit that they put out in front of me. Um, but I, I pretty much I came, became quite reclusive. I stopped going out. I stopped inviting people over. And people just assumed I was busy. Because mm. they do. Your friends... It's very easy to just drop off the radar. It is. And I, especially when you become and, a parent, I think. Yeah. Because, because people are like, oh, you've got different responsibilities. Yeah. You know. You've got different priorities yeah. now. Yada, yada. Oh, and you've got an excuse when people say, oh, come out. You're like, oh, I've got a baby. Not, I can't afford to buy a round yeah. of drinks. Um, so no, people didn't know um, what situation I was in because I just didn't tell them and um and my friends afterwards were absolutely furious at me when they've then gone back through my work and read the extent of Mm. like the difficulties I was in Uh, my parents were absolutely furious at me for not talking to them about it my nan was absolutely furious at me and I was like how do you decide one day to pick up the phone to your parents or your nan or one of your mates and go I am actually literally starving. Will you help me? Because I didn't want to put it on anyone else. I Is that it? Didn't it want to wasn't make pride it someone else's like responsibility. Or... Yeah, it wasn't it was pride. partly pride. Yeah. You know, I had a great job, and everyone's helped me. Don't have a baby; you'll ruin your career. And and they were, you know, they weren't right because I've got a whole new career yeah. now. But I was like, mm, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be, and now I'm in a really shit situation. So it's partly pride. And your benefits and everything got delayed. And yeah, they were delayed because it was deemed that I'd made myself unemployed. Um, and, you know, it's just... It was, it was very, very difficult. Um, but it is very difficult to turn around to anyone and say, I'm in trouble, will you help me? Yeah. Because I didn't want to make my crap their responsibility. Um, and actually, I look now and I think... I could have just asked five close people for a little bit of help and then it wouldn't have been putting it all on one person. Mm. But it just, you know, we 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 don't always make the best decisions when we're under pressure or, or you know, in a bad way or depressed or whatever. And, yeah. and I, you know, I don't know what or how I could have done anything differently. I think it's very easy to kind of look back and go, oh, I should have just... Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it? But and having people always... say, oh, I would have helped, or is that... Yeah, and it's very easy to, for people to also say, I would have helped you, and you're like, but you didn't see me for six months because <laughs> I was literally sitting in my coat on my own in my living room and you didn't think to knock mm. and go, I haven't seen you for a while, how are you? 
oh, actually, I'm cold and thin. And it's just, oh, my God, the amount of people who are like, oh, have you lost weight? You look great. And it's like, I'm literally <laughs> starving. I'm like, what is wrong with people? You're just like, oh, you're looking really thin. You'd be like, oh, yeah, my breath is amazing. What about poverty will do for you? It's like, it's like, come on, guys. It's like, even now, like, Obviously, I'm in the public eye, and people yeah. go, "Oh, well, you've got a bit chubby." And I'm like, "Yeah, I actually have food now. It's mm. great. You know, this is my natural body. This is what it's meant to look like. It's not supposed to be like a bag of bones." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I'm quite happy like being a bit fat actually, because do you know what? I've paid for every pound of this, and I'm going to keep it. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> what sort of parent did you think you would be like? Uh, pretty much like the kind of one that I am. There you like, go. Benign. you know involved reasonably interested it's it's just you know uh, I am I am pretty much a carbon copy of my own dad oh really was you know who worked very long hours and was he was in the military so he's quite emotionally closed Mm. um and but not in a bad way just in a sort of that's the way things are kind of way you know we don't talk about feelings and things like that um so i think for i think for my family having a a daughter who is now like a national broadcasting tell all (laughs) this is my life these are my feelings this is my depression i'm having therapy they're like horrified absolutely horrified because you know they make brenda's wrong i'm up again and told them that's something i said on the telly i love brenda she's babysitting when i was a kid she's actually brilliant and she's a really good laugh Um, but you know so i am actually quite unfairly using this example because it's all their friends um but you know they're they're you know we were quite um we were, we were quite a, a sort of a, we're not a we're not a family that does feelings or things like that you know we, we don't hug we're not like and I, I'm not doing this as like an on the couch therapy thing but we're just not but we're all loved and we know we're loved yeah. we're there for each other in a crisis and you know when the shit hits the fan we pull together and you know and it is what it is but that means as a mother I'm quite I'm sort of my son is really affectionate and I find oh, it really? bewildering. I really do. I find it like he's like comes into my bed in the morning for cuddles and I'm just <laughs> like, okay, yep, okay, this is happening. <laughs> but it's made me a lot more like affectionate and and tactile and because I've just got this little bundle of love that's like determined to undo thirty years of like <laughs> unemotional <laughs> living as a little family of rocks basically and he's just like bundles me with love and like and and yesterday I was really ill and he got into my bed with me and he was stroking my hair and he went and got me a bowl and I was just like I don't deserve you really I mean I'm I'm not mean I'm just you know I'm just a bit abrupt and you know and a bit like it's like and and he just like bundles me with so much love and stuff and I'm like so eventually you you do it back don't you you know you're quite sweet um this is this is nice um and yes I think I've had to learn to be a parent over the last over the last eight years and um, I think most people think that it's it comes naturally but I think all of us are just winging it we're all winging it and I think also living in Living in such dire straits mm. for so long really did impact my mental health. Yeah. And I did detach from, like, all my relationships because 
I felt like I was a disappointment to everyone and I was planning to not be here. And I was like, so I'm just going to make this transition easier for people when I decide to finally do myself in. Mm. And I think I've spent the last six years carrying around an enormous amount of guilt around that and going, right, well, actually, now I need to bundle you with love right back because, <laughs> my God, I was going to leave you and, and I haven't and I'm not going to. And I'm and, and And he's just brilliant. And I always thought that, you know that motherhood would be difficult and and I'd be crap at it. But I've got a really great kid, so I must have done all right. So <laughs> it definitely sounds like you've done something right. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> at the end of every podcast, I ask you to complete three sentences. Oh, good. Fairly, fairly easy. Being a mum means... <laughs> Jack pulls a face. <laughs> um, being a mum means... We're just exactly that. I think we're all mums very differently. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's one homogenous way to mother. So I think being a mum just means being a mum and whatever that means to you. Yeah. Since having children, I, or since having a child, I? I've got fatter. <laughs> and more content with myself. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I'm happy when? Oh, this sounds really shallow, but I'm happy when I'm like eating a meal with my family. Like, I like to have, like, when I've got, like, a big group of friends or family around. But at the end of the day, at the beginning of every day, at the end of every day, me and my son sit down and eat together and we talk about our day and it's nice and that makes me happy. Having read Hunger Hurts, that is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's been it's been so lovely and, and, and amazing to hear you talk. Thank you. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.